You're listening to The Dish, a podcast of the Medical Laboratory Professionals Association of Ontario. This season, we're focusing on how labs have responded to the COVID-19 pandemic. Some are rapidly ramping up testing and overcoming immeasurable odds, while others are struggling working on other testing while staff are redeployed elsewhere. This month, we're featuring Erla Regional Virology Laboratory at CHEO in Ottawa. This little lab has stepped up in the pandemic from a small group of 10 mostly working days to 30 lab professionals working 24-7 on PCR testing. They transformed their lab quickly to perform approximately 10% of all COVID-19 testing in Ontario, and their team has processed as many tests in the last six months as they normally would in five years. Our CEO, Michelle Hode, sat down to speak with them about how they work together to validate and set up the lab. Are you guys ready? We're nervous, but we're good. <laughs> Don't be nervous. Hi, everybody. Um, we are excited today to be speaking to um, the group at Erla. Um, this is in regards to our lab of the month, and we had several submissions um, in the group that won. Um, is actually the Erla Regional Virology Lab at CHEO in Ottawa. Um, so we have today with us um, Sony Rousseau, Michelle Gagnon, and Dr. Leanne Mortimer. And I'm just going to ask if maybe everybody could just take maybe 10-15 seconds, just introduce yourself and tell us um, what your main role is in the lab and your duties at Erla. Okay, um, I'll go first. I'm Sony Rousseau and I was the uh, newly minted senior in January. And so it's been a pretty exciting uh, role for me to step into. And then uh, with, uh, with the pandemic, it's just been a very, uh, very interesting and uh, very educational experience. Michelle. <laughs> uh, I'm Michelle and uh, I've been at MLT in virology since uh, 2008. And I'm Leanne Mortimer. Um, I'm one of the uh, microbiologists here that works at Erla. Uh, we're a group of six of us and I help oversee the um, virology and the molecular testing that happens here. Awesome. Okay, so your CEO, Alex Munter, has called the Erla Regional Virology Lab the engine that could. So you went from a small lab of 10 people working predominantly days only to a lab of more than 30 people working 24-7 in response to COVID. Can you tell us um, a bit about some of those first days of COVID and scaling up the lab? Uh, yeah, so it was um, very exciting. Um, Leanne, in preparation for um, us being uh, chosen to do some of the testing, had prepared validation. And the kits had came in and uh, Michelle and I just kind of took it upon ourselves to get this validation rolling. And uh, so Michelle installed the software and we started pulling specimens and we started doing testing. And often this was after our eight hour shift. So uh, we quickly were ramping up to like doing 10, 12, uh, 15 hour days. And we were so excited because as the validation's going, it, it was kind of keeping us, keeping us going. It's like, wow, this is happening and this validation is, is coming together. And uh, it was just amazing. And our first run of, of patient samples, it was you know, a pretty celebratory day for us. And then quickly uh, we had to ramp up. You know, we started getting new instrumentations and uh, you know, we, we had to start training people because now this lab is going from days to evenings. 
And I remember on a Sunday, we had got our Starlet instrument in, Michelle and I, we had to come in on the weekend. I mean, we had to get this thing, we had to get this thing up and running. And it's Sunday evening and I'm like, oh, the regular staff is coming in to do their testing. We better, we have to figure stuff out. It was becoming a safety issue trying to combine the new COVID testing with the, with our everyday testing. So I was just like pulling computers out of the wall and, you know, trying to like move instrumentation around, finding people new homes. And uh, it was a, it's a big growing process, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was hard work. <laughs> yeah. And it happened so quickly. It was, it went from, from the moment that we got permission to start doing testing like we it was like we hit the ground running and the second the validation was done we were also already just ramping up as fast as we could and things changed within a couple of weeks we went from literally being the small little lab that we just continued to to grow and we're still growing at this point but the pace was just it just <laughs> it was like a light switch yeah that's great. That's, that's just, it's just, um, I think incredible when you think of the work and the dedication you guys put into doing this. And I can almost picture you like on a Sunday trying to figure out and looking at your lab, like <laughs> where are these, you know, where are these instruments going to go? And exactly. yeah. yes, it's uh, it's a very common problem right now. I'm hearing actually across the province, which is, you know, the approval to get instrumentation, but you're trying to look like, where are you going to fit it? right yeah exactly yeah that's definitely has been the issue and it continues Still. to be the issue like <laughs> yeah. when we're talking about bringing in instruments like the um like the 6800 we've had to like we've had to have engineers assessing where we can put the, that instrument not just because of the electrical but also the sheer weight of it and where we ended up placing it was across a a supporting beam in one of the buildings and they were questioning whether we had to reinforce those beams with with <laughs> with stainless steel so it's it's just it's an ongoing issue yeah it's um it also i think this is really interesting because for anybody that's listening uh, to this podcast today that maybe doesn't work in the lab but i think there's a misconception out in the public that you know there's unlimited space and there's unlimited unlimited resources and i think this is a perfect example of trying to respond to a pandemic when you're only working in a limited amount of space. Right. And, um, it's just kudos to you and your team that you guys are still trying to find ways to do it. So under our next question, um, and um, you had mentioned hiring and finding staff. Are you noticing any human resource shortages impacting your lab during this pandemic? And um, what has it been like working through the challenge of the pandemic for you personally? So let's talk to the first question. Um, are you noticing the shortages of human, health human resources and has it impacted you? Um, yes, definitely. Um, my manager, uh, Mary France, and the charge Katie, uh, Katie Mark, have and myself we've been working tirelessly to interview and we can't really interview people fast enough and human resources piece and we like really that is our limiting factor we have the instrumentation but we just don't have have the people and um it's definitely been the thing that's that's holding us back it, it's becoming increasingly difficult to find qualified people are you finding um, are you guys finding, are you able to utilize your lab assistants more now with the lack of technologists? 
definitely. I think uh, they first originally started helping us out, organizing with the receiving it, and then now that we've got a, a good base, we've been help they've been helping with the uh, testing and the instrumentation. Yeah, and that's something that's been new for us. So prior to COVID, all of the um, testing, especially all of the molecular testing was solely done by technologists. But as we've exhausted not only our pool of existing staff that are within um, our lab and as well as within Erla that have the, um, the molecular skills, and we've, um, we've also exhausted the pool of available new uh, or MLTs that um, um, are looking for jobs, we've really had to reassess how we do our testing and we've been pairing up a technologist and a technician um, and we started that um, gradually just because we haven't done something like that before and we're finding that it works, but it's definitely a balance. That's great. And it's been, it's been a celebration when we do find like a, a, a good tech and a good MLA. It's like, yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really great. That's really great. So what's it been like working through this pandemic from a personal perspective? Like, have you, what have you found challenging? Um, well, just the volume of specimens. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit overwhelming and uh, yeah. the long hours and stuff. It, it's a good distraction, but it eventually takes a toll. Yeah. So yeah. it's just. I think for me personally, the positive part has been, I mean, we were a small lab and just meeting all these new personalities and seeing the lab techs and the MLAs, like the work ethic has just been so really inspiring to me. I, I just, you know, when there's an extra shift, it's amazing. People will be so tired, but they just, yeah, I'll do it. They'll stay that extra hour. It's been, it has been truly inspiring seeing people just really continually step up to the plate. Um, and it's really helped keep my mind off, you know, what's been going on on the outside because we're, you know, we have this support group here at work and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably a different experience for us than for, than for people working at home. And, yeah and i think like from the start we never really you, you never we never we didn't know where we were going to be in two months from now six months from now and the pace from right from the very beginning things went started going really quickly at a pace that we've never moved at before and the amount of work and hours that people were putting in and without having days or weekends off um that I mean, initially we thought that's what we needed to do to get going, but it's really just continued ever since the start of the pandemic and it continues to evolve as um, we're now trying to expand our testing even more. So the pace really hasn't let off for a good six, nearly six months now. So. Yeah, you can see people starting to get, to get tired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of nodding. <laughs> Yeah, there's um, even across the province and other healthcare centers, um, some of the information we're getting is there's a lot of lab technologists and lab assistants that have been going at this pace for so long that there's a the burnout is starting to happen, right? Do you guys, have you guys noticed that? Yes. Yeah. 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 Calls are, are picking up and uh, you can just see it in people's faces and, and you know, it, it's, it's, it's been a long marathon. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's constantly changing. Like one of, the, one of the things in labs is that, I mean, outside of a pandemic like this, there's a lot of routine in what we do. And people are very, like, 
they know what they're coming in to do, they come in to do their shift, they know what hours they're going to be working. And the this pandemic has really just been like, things don't just change week by week, they literally turn on a dime on that day. And that could mean that that all of a sudden you go from working an eight hour shift to working a 12 hour shift or all of a sudden you were expected to come in at seven o'clock the next morning but you're coming in at four o'clock the next morning yeah it's not <laughs> as common yeah, yeah. And, and just it, the changes also like your procedure was this and now it's this and you know communicating that and uh, that's yeah. exhausting but just keeping up with the changes yeah They're so rapid yeah and like instrumentation going down or having supply issues like yeah. it's just trying to juggle a lot of balls all at the same time and it just requires people being ready to do whatever we need to do to make it work in that moment but it eventually is it becomes quite quite uh quite challenging yeah yeah well i think that speaks to um you know the adaptability of your team and the adaptability of sort of lab professionals in general because you're right everything is so routine and so process oriented with specific protocols with iqmh requirements that you know when you kind of get put into a pandemic everything changes and the fact that you guys were able to kind of do that and constantly keep doing that speaks to the work ethic and the commitment at your lab so congratulations for that thank you yeah. um okay so two more questions um so we're hearing about a potential second wave. I'm pretty sure everybody's heard that intersecting with <laughs> right? So, yeah, you know, I think it, you, you have to be living in a bubble if you aren't thinking we're coming into flu season. Um, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> yeah, just kind of holding our breath. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to think that this is supposed to be our downtime. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like we do like 3,000 a day and it's supposed to double. It's just un unmanageable. Yeah, overwhelming a bit. Yeah. Yeah, like we, um, after the initial peak that we saw in Ontario, we saw the numbers back in June, July, the positivity rates went down significantly and things seemed to quiet down a little bit. But as soon as we started to open up, um, not only did the volume of our testing increase again, but we were also now seeing a resurgence in um, the positivity rates. And so it really hasn't slowed down for us. And now with, with things opening up even more, and as we're stepping into um, the respiratory season where we're going to not only have COVID circulating, but we're going to have your regular uh, respiratory viruses like influenza and RSV circulating, there's going to be a huge amount of testing. Um, we're currently um, trying to ramp up to the point of doing about, uh, about at least 6,000 tests per day just in this site. Um, and we have the instrumentation um, coming in, but at this point we're also limited on the number of people that we have available. So we're taking one day at a time, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's sort of daunting to think about how we're going to get to where we're going but that's, we're, yeah we're having a hard time yeah. doing what we're doing now so it's it, it's hard for us to imagine imagine the second wave and how we're going to write yeah <laughs> write it out yeah but i think we have already now we have a track a track record of if we looked at from where we started to where we are now we couldn't have imagined how we got that's to where true. we were yeah. so the 
the labs will figure out how we're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. It'll, it'll happen. <laughs> and we kind of hope that the public, you know, follows the rules and people keep social distancing and wear your mask and stick to your bubbles. And, you know, if, if everybody does what they're supposed to do, things should stay under control, right? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the logical yeah. thinking, right? Yeah. Okay, so last question I think is, um, I just, I'm just going to throw this. I didn't send you guys this question. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's interesting for us at the MLPAO because um, we've been watching this profession that we represent has been like catapulted into the spotlight in the last six months. And, you know, a group of people that no one ever knows about because you're quiet, you're not quiet, but I mean, you're, you're hidden in the lab. Um, other than the lab assistant technicians, which, you know, some people will see, but there's, you know, there's not a very good understanding in amongst the general public around the difference between an assistant technician or a technologist. Um, and what I, what has happened with this pandemic is there has, is you guys have now been pushed. It's almost like you're on stage and it's like you're being pushed to the front of the stage and the spotlight is on you now. So how do you guys feel about that? Uh, I'm static. I think it, it's about time. It's, you know, you often hear throughout your, you know, throughout your career that, you know, this person, maybe nurses are doing your job or, you know, someone else is, you know, when you're trying to describe your job to someone else, it's, they really don't get it or they're like, oh, I, you know, they didn't realize it. So it's nice that we're finally getting some recognition. And I don't know, I think it's, I think it's really good for the profession and it's, and maybe it'll inspire people to join the profession. And uh, now that we, you know, have some recognition and some education about what we do and how important it is, yeah. and how important it is exactly, Michelle. Um, yeah, it's what we've been able to, to, to pull off. It's, you know, it's, you know, it's pretty good. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And even like outside of COVID, we've had um, for a number of years, an issue with MLT shortage, not having enough. Um, we've 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 have a, a generation of uh, technologists that are retiring, and the numbers of, of technologists that are coming in to fill those positions um, have. There's been a shortage for a number of years, and there's a lot of different factors that are involved in that. Some of it is people not knowing um, about the profession and knowing that that's an area where they can go train and have a career in. But there's also been issues with um, the available locations to be able to go do training have been really limited. So I think this, hopefully one of the good things that comes out of the pandemic, at least for our profession, is that it gives us more visibility and, and, and the right people understand um, how important what we do is and um, hopefully that will benefit us and that we, are, we, we have more people in the future and more investment in training. I just, I guess I want to just end this by saying on behalf of, you know, the 14 million plus people in Ontario, on behalf of all the lab professionals, on behalf of us at the MLPAO, we cannot even start to, the thank yous can't be enough. We know you guys have worked like 24 seven for that period of time is incomprehensible. So if there's anything at all that you can take away, um, knowing that there are a lot of people that appreciate what you guys are doing. Oh, well, thank you. That thank means you. a lot. <laughs> Thanks. 
This has been The Dish. This episode was recorded, produced, and edited in our office overlooking Hamilton on the Niagara Escarpment. The Dish is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can reach us anytime at mlpao at mlpao.org. If you would like your lab to be featured in our next episode, we would love to hear from you. Please let us know. Through this pandemic and every day, we are making sure Ontarians see you, hidden heroes overcoming immeasurable odds. Thank you so much for listening and stay safe.